The Sotheby's building was an unpretentious, 19th-century edifice of four stories, newly whitewashed. The staff were most solicitous when they saw the little illuminated manuscript page he wanted to place with them at auction, and he was ushered into a neat little office on the third floor, where he was greeted by a charming, roly-poly man with gold-rimmed spectacles and a huge shock of Einsteinian hair, dressed in an old-fashioned tweed suit with a vest and gold watch chain looking like a man out of a Dickens novel. He was considered to be, Gideon had done the research, one of the world's greatest experts on illuminated manuscripts. Well, well, the man said, smelling of tobacco and perhaps even a hint of whiskey. What have we here, eh? He held out a fat hand. Brian Matilda, at your service. He spoke as if always out of breath, punctuating his phrases with a huff-huff, as if catching his wind. I've got an illuminated manuscript I'd like to place in auction. Gideon held out the small leather portfolio. Excellent. Let's take a look. Matilda came around the desk, opened a drawer, and pulled out a loop, which he pressed into one voluminous, winking eye. Adjusting a special lamp, which threw a pool of white light onto a smooth black tray, he picked up the portfolio took out the plastic-covered page Gideon had just purchased, slipped it out, and stared at it with a few nods, which set his fluffy hair a-wagging, accompanied by grunts of approval. He then put it under the light. Several minutes went by while he examined it with the loop, making more animal noises, all of which sounded positive. After that, Matilda switched off the bright light, reached down into his desk, and removed a small, peculiar-looking flashlight with a square face. He held it close to the page and turned it on. It cast a deep, ultraviolet light. Matilda shone it here and there, lingering only briefly, and then switched off the light. The noises suddenly turned into negative snorts. Oh, dear, the man said finally. Dear, dear, dear. This was followed by some huffing and puffing. Is there a problem? Matilda shook his head sorrowfully. Fake. What? How can it be? I paid four thousand pounds for it. The man turned a pair of sad eyes on him. Our business, sir, is sadly rife with fakes. Rife! He rolled the R with particular emphasis. But how can shining a light on it for five seconds be definitive? Don't you have other tests? A long sigh. We have many tests. Many, many tests. Raman spectroscopy, X-ray fluorescence, carbon-14. But in this case, there's no need to do other tests. I don't get it. One five-second test? Allow me to explain. Matilda took a deep breath, followed by several huff-huffs and a general throat-clearing. The illuminators of yore used mostly mineral pigments in their inks. The blues are from ground lapis lazuli, the vermilion from cinnabar and sulfur. Green came from ground malachite or copper verdigris, and the whites were usually made from lead, often in combination with gypsum or calcite. He paused for more stentorian breathing. Now, the point is that some of these minerals fluoresce strongly under ultraviolet light, while others change color in certain ways. He paused, 
breathing hard. But look at this. He shined the black light once again on the manuscript page. The surface remained dark, dull, unchanged. There, you see? Nothing. He snapped it off. These pigments are therefore cheap aniline dyes, none of which react to UV light. But it looks so real, Gideon said, almost pleading. Please take a look at it again, please. It's got to be real. With another long-suffering sigh, Matilda turned to it again, and in fact did look at it for more than five seconds. I admit the work is quite good. I was fooled at first. And the vellum looks original. Why a forger with such evident talent would go to the trouble to create an artistic fake like this?